Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So Dave, what day is it? Um, it is April 17th, 2019, um, which uh, for most people is just a regular Wednesday. For me, is uh, launch day. All right. Congratulations. So I want all the details. All the details. What the app is, how it was building it. We covered a little bit of this last week, but I wanted the full detail now. It's out in the open. Mm-hmm. Full details, full court press. We need everyone yeah. to tell everyone about it and to go buy it. So tell us, what is this app? Start at the beginning. I want every detail. Well, and then, okay, so the first place to start is the name. Um, so the app is called uh, Calzones. It's the best name ever. <laughs> which was a genius a genius thing that my wife came up with. Um, so, and, and what it is, is like, at its simplest, is it is a time zone. I call it my tagline. is like a time zone savvy calendar. So it is a app whose purpose is to be just a regular calendar app that you can do all of the regular calendar app things that you'd want to do in terms of like see your schedule, create meetings, um, do that type of those types of basic calendaring operations, um, but do all of them in a context that is very time zone aware and very like thoughtful about time zones. So, for example, it when you first get the app, you know, you set up the time zones that you're interested in, which what you know like if you know say you often are scheduling meet you, know, you live on the east coast and you have meetings with people um, on the west coast and in you know, europe or whatever it is so you put in the, the places that you want and you can even give those names which is nice as well in terms of if you have a person that you work with rather than it always just saying you know new york it can have like jim and it can have their person you know actually be named to that person and then all of the aspects of the app will always you know whenever there's a time value it'll show you that you know the event time across those values or and it has a timeline layout which shows you all of those time zones sort of stacked on top of each other with your events kind of running underneath of it which i think is a really interesting way of kind of imagining time zone conversion where um, a lot of what this app started with was the sense that most time zone sort of converter apps or time zone apps in general are all they'll show you the current time across all the time zones and then like you can sometimes they'll have like one of those date time pickers that you can like jump forward in time to a particular point and it'll update all of them but what i find for myself is like the most natural um, gesture and experience on 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 an iphone um, is swiping like just swipings you know side to side back and forth like that is so natural and so i wanted to make something that kind of took advantage of that by showing you, you know, doing time zone conversion, but it's just laid out all of the various times are laid out for you. You can just, you know, find the time you're interested in. Um, and then, you know, in, in this case, for example, like if you want to make it, make it, create an event at a particular time, at a particular time zone, you just tap on the time that's shown and it'll make an event at that point for you. Um, so that's sort of what it is and what its primary purpose is. And then there's also more secondary functions. Like um, I had a tremendous amount of fun building the watch app for it which the, you know, the watch app itself is a bit more of a traditional time zone conversion tool um, where you kind of you move the digital crown up and down and it shows you, you know, the time in the various places as you sort of move forward or back in time. Um, and then it has a tr- robust set uh, of complications, including I think a feature that I just thought was really fun to make is have a very rich complication editor where you can choose a lot of the layout and details and styling um, of the complications that the app can show, which are mostly you know around showing either, you know the time in a particular place. So if you wanted to you know see the time in London right now as a complication, you can do that. Um, or there's even kind of like more graphical dials or like you know sunrise sunset or workday um, 
things like that. Um, they're all you know, nicely configurable from uh, my complication editor, which includes a full live reproduction of all of the watch faces from the watch OS, which was a lot of fun to make and completely unnecessary. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, like, like back when, you know, a couple months ago and we were, we were all kind of playing around with the idea of making custom watch faces. You got really into it and, and you did a lot of work around that, even though we can't really do it very well yet, but you were kind of like building the foundation of like how to render nice watch faces using scene kit and everything. And, uh, and so you had all that skill already. And it was, it's funny, like it's something that at the time probably felt like it wasn't a very good use of your time. It was just like a fun diversion, but you found a way like fun diversions often turn into useful skills that you can put into your apps to directly make money. Like (laughs) this is, this is the kind of thing where like this, this fun diversion has actually proven, actually proved to be a nice investment of time only a few months later when you found a reason to use those exact same skills in a shipping app. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, A, that has happened so many times that it's like, it is, and we've, you know, it's, it's always a good thing to develop more skills. Like you just, you never know when they're going to come into play. And largely that is, I think, because you won't see opportunities to use those skills if you don't have the skill. Like I would have just probably done the, like a standard, more sort of a more traditional complication editor kind of thing, where I'd rather than showing you know, a live watch face that is, you know, animating in real time, um, I would have just had a static image, and it would have just been a screenshot from the watch or something like that, and it would have been fine. But I wouldn't have thought about, well, why don't I just make this a fully live interactive watch? Because you know that's kind of silly. But if you have all the building blocks in place and the skill um, of doing that, then suddenly you you know, that becomes an obvious next step. Um, so it is definitely kind of fun to just like build up those skills and experiences. And then, you know, then it's like you can put them into place. And while it's kind of funny and slightly, not ironic, but it's um, that I spent all this time learning how to make custom watch faces. And then I actually, my actual use of that skill is just recreating the existing watch faces in a completely non-custom way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, all I'm doing is exactly copying the ones that exist on the watch as it is. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, it was still, um, you know, it's, it's still a fun little feature. And it's, it's one of the parts that, like, you know, it's not the core, it's not the main show of the app, but I'm glad that it's in there because I'm, I'm really kind of proud and yeah, I enjoy, I, that was the part of the app that I probably enjoyed making the most. Yeah, and I just, I, I gotta say, like, this app, first of all, it's really cool. Like, I, I love just playing with it and i i love that like you've taken something so first of all like you know the ui wise i I think it's a very nice looking app it flows well it performs well i'm very very happy with this app um and then secondarily from that just like the concept of it i really like how you've taken what was this like you know the time zone support in calendar apps is usually if it's present at all it's usually pretty basic and pretty half uh, butted, uh, but it's it, what you've done here is you've taken this this normally ignored or minimally implemented feature and made an app that specializes in doing that feature really really well for, for people who really need it. Because I think most people almost never change time zones in any calendar events ever, so that's why the mainstream apps are designed that way. But for people who do need to schedule things across multiple time zones or with people in multiple time zones it's pretty hard to use the regular apps to do that. They really fall down pretty hard. And so you've made an app that's custom made for that kind of need, which while it is not the common case, it is a large population that needs it. 
which is the perfect kind of app to make. Like, and so you've, you've made that. You've named it Calzones, which I think is one of the best names ever. <laughs> and by the way, the Calzones name is wonderful too. If you search the app store for Calzones, uh, y- your competition, I think you're going to have not a lot of trouble with. It's, it's, pizza. it's pizza apps. Yeah, it's, it's apps for various pizza places that serve Calzones. Uh, and so I, I think you'll be all right because you are attracting a global audience, uh, not just a you know one town's pizza place that happens to serve calzones. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is. I, I also love that you've made this like beautiful, lightweight, nimble app and named it after this heavy. Food. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and it's what they do. It's on those lines, like it, the origin of the app, like and which is, is, I think, is a funny thing too. Where I, I didn't start out wanting to make this app. Like it wasn't like this. I sat down and was like, I'm going to make a new app. I'm just let me like go and do this. It's it started from I was working on adding time zone support to Pedometer Plus Plus, and as part of that, I, you know, had to do all this work for like having a nice time zone database and really understanding how time zone system the time zone system works in iOS. And then it was like one day I was just like, huh, I wonder if you laid out time zones linearly rather than as like compared to what that would look like and then i did it and then it's like huh that's interesting what about if you throw your calendar events there and then i I, you know just sort of quickly mocked this up you know in a very sort of quick half-baked version and then i sent it over to mike early uh, who's the co-founder of relay fm the network that you know this podcast is on and he's someone who i know does a lot of work with time zones and you know scheduling events and like his job is basically he is constantly scheduling calls with people all around the world and recording podcasts with them like that's what he does for a living and he was like his reaction was the reason i made this because he was just incredibly enthusiastic and it's like that's he's like the you know it's, it's that person who looks at it and it's like yes this is exactly what i need because it is an app that is like you said not coming at uh, it's not solving the tradition the, 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 the traditional problem like that a, t- a normal calendar app is trying to solve it's solving that problem but from a completely different perspective it's like if what if time zone support is the number one feature and the number one goal and every feature in the app has to do it well and then you back into all the other stuff the kind of more traditional boring calendar aspects of it and it's like that certainly limits its feet, its market, but like, I don't need it to have this massive market. I'm not trying you know, then at that point I'm competing against the built in iOS calendar app, which is pretty good and, you know, installed by default on everyone's phone. I'm competing. What I'm really wanting to do is compete with a much fewer set of applications, time zone converters and uh, things like that, that, you know, are, it's a much smaller market and a much less competitive market, which is typically a, you know, a much better place to, to play. Oh yeah. I mean like from an indie app perspective, you know, like there, there's, you know, the, the general design trends, I, as I ranted on ATP last week, the g- general design trend of minimalism on mobile is such that most apps will try to design for that middle 80% of whatever, what, what they think everybody will use or almost everybody will use and cut away or omit any features that are considered like edge cases. And so if you have, if you can identify a, gr- a group of potential customers that is by, by most accounts an edge case in like their mass market equivalent, but that there are still enough of them to have a market for an app that, that's dedicated just to them, like you can make an app that specializes in just that edge case. And as long as it isn't too much of an edge case, which, you know, the app store is pretty big. Even a tiny edge case is still a lot of people. Like, if you can make something that specializes in an edge case that the mainstream apps either don't even accommodate at all or accommodate poorly, that can be a great business. 
And as you said, there's usually a lot less competition there. Especially if you if you're going to go in there and make something good, like a, you know a lot a lot of edge case needs might have a couple apps in the store here or there, but they're usually terrible and unmaintained and you know not modern and not very nice. And so if you can go in there and make something that you're going to like do a good job with and make a nice app for a specialized need, uh, that's usually a pretty good market to get into. Yeah, and I think too it's finding a market that like I mean I'm excited in a weird way. That this is not a this is a market whose primary user I expect is business people. Like it is people who are doing this as part of their job, and so um, it is. It makes it's an easier market to then convince to buy something. I suppose that I'm not trying to convince somebody who is just doing this for fun or as a hobby um, or those types of more for, for entertainment kind of purposes where. Um, they're, pr- they're much more price sensitive. Like a person who I'm trying to convince is most likely someone who coordinates calls and meetings across time zones as part of their job. And you know, for them, paying a few dollars to uh, have a tool that makes their life easier in that way is much e- is a much easier sell. Is a much more obvious. Like if it saves them time or you know means that they don't miss a meeting because they had some misunderstanding because you know the the UK had changed daylight savings time but the UK the US hadn't or something like that and then suddenly you miss a call and that ends up messing something up like the stakes and the impact of that are much higher uh, and so making an app that is like catering to that kind of a person where they see it as like oh yes this is exactly what i need and like the cost matters less than um, you know a lot of my other apps like you know are even even on the health and fitness side where it's like it could be important to them the importance is not monetary in the same way. It's much more of an ephemeral kind of general need. Um, and so that was also something that I thought was kind of nice about getting into, you know, getting into a segment where, um, you know, hopefully it's much less price sensitive and sort of race to the bottomy um, in that way. And I, I want to get to the pricing in a minute, but first let's talk about our pricing and our sponsor. <laughs> we are brought to you this week by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. You can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, node location, and so much more. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, including Dave and me. I've been with Linode for, I don't know, something like eight years. I, I, I keep meaning to look it up, and I, I never do, but it's something like that. I love them so much. I, I, I've been there for this long for a reason. Not only are they a wonderful web host, but their pricing is awesome. It is by far the best consistent value I have found in the web hosting business. So I have all of Overcast there, Marker.org, anything, anything that needs a server is there. And if you ever run into any problems, they have great support too, 24-7 support. I've used it here and there, and it's been wonderful for me too. And they have incredible guides and support documentation, so it, you know you can usually help yourself first before you go to them. But if you need to go to them, they don't mind. It's wonderful. They also now have a new management panel, now in beta, at cloud.linode.com. It's a single-page app built using the cutting-edge React.js stack and is batched entirely by their public API, and the whole thing is open source. And they have wonderful features like two factor authentication now to keep you and all of your data safe and secure so check it out linode has pricing options to suit everyone plans start at one gig of ram for just five dollars a month and they have lots of plans above that if your needs are higher including things like high memory plans and dedicated cpu plans and so much more and they have a special offer for our listeners you can go to linode.com slash radar and use promo code radar 2019 to get twenty dollars towards any linode plan 
So on that one gig of RAM plan, that could be four months free. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today at linode.com slash radar and use promo code RADAR2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Thank you to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I want to hear all about Calzone pricing and what made you go that way. Sure. So the app is going to be paid up front. Um, it's going to be four ninety nine in the U.S. App Store and you know whatever the equivalent is uh, around the world. And I wrestled with the business model for this app tremendously. Like it, in some ways, it was just as hard as some of the weird technical issues I had to solve. And given that it was a time zone app, there was a tremendous number of weird technical issues. Um, yeah, I went through a variety of like approaches that if you know for, for a while I was like, oh, it'll definitely be free with in-app purchase, or oh, it'll definitely be subscription-based. And then it was like, oh, it'll definitely be paid. And I went round and round. And I settled on paid for a couple of reasons. Um, the main one being I, I understand, I sort of, I, I got, I came to terms with the fact that I, I don't think that is strictly the way to maximize the income this app will generate over the, the future. That I think there are probably other ways that I could squeeze more money out of the app, assuming that the app does well, um, you know, and, and builds an audience. But what I liked about paid up front is a it was straightforward. Um, it was easy to build. It was you know in terms of there's no code I need to manage. There's not this big infrastructure I need. It is a simple and obvious kind of proposition that I'm presenting to my customers. That I like the fact that it's just like this is the app. This is what it does. You know, is that worth five dollars to you? Um, and it isn't one of these things that is very this this much more complicated situation of like there's some kind of limit or situation inside of the app where maybe you could you know buy download the app for free and then it only lets you show one time zone but if you want to you know have more than that then you need to pay the upgrade well it's like what if you only have need need one time zone and then it, it's this weird thing where like when you download you don't really know what you're getting like where are you going to hit these points that are awkward or there's limited limitations and I just don't like that and. The you could imagine some kind of subscription thing, which is what seems to be what Apple is pushing a lot of you know on their side, and it sort of makes sense. Like it sort of is the kind of app where you could imagine that working. But a the technical side of subscriptions, as best I can tell, is still complicated, and there's all these weird app review issues with it, where people getting rejected because they don't have the you you need to have this big wall of text, and you need to have. Um, you know, there's all these weird rules and things around subscriptions that it doesn't feel settled yet. And it's something that I was like, you know, I don't want to deal with that. Like, this is not my main app. This is not, you know, I imagine my bread and butter is still going to continue to be health and fitness apps for the foreseeable future. I'm excited about this app. I think it's important and I'm going to continue working on it. But I, this isn't like I'm launching a new company who's focused on time zone oriented calendaring. Like, this is something that is going to, you know, join the stable of other apps that I have. And so I don't want it to have this tremendous complexity and take all this time working on things that aren't making the app itself better. And so paid up front is seems like this a straightforward way to do it. Um, and then in terms of pricing, like it's, I decided it was like, you know, obviously on the one hand, you can always go for like $1.99 or 99 cents and, or, or maybe I could make it $10. Like you can kind of go in, in between. And I just kind of settled on $5 because it felt fair to me that like if I, and I feel like with a lot of this kind of pricing stuff, it's, I try and do things that would ba- make sense to me as a customer. And like, I don't like apps that are subscription based very much i don't really like 
that feeling of like I'm tying into something, but it's good. Like it's it, it, it gives me apprehension. And there are so many many apps that I subscribe to, and like it's not like it's a problem in that way. But there's an apprehension there that I wanted to avoid with this. And the reality is, I was like, you know, like what do I really want this app to make. Like, and, and on a financial side, like I was like, you know, I think whenever I launch something new, this is something that I've had in my mind for kind of a long time. Is that um, I like to think of an app that, like, for me, an app that is doing well would make um, something like maybe a hundred dollars a day. So that would be like thirty six, thirty six thousand five hundred dollars or something in a year. And at you know at five at five dollars or three fifty after Apple's cut, like that's not a crazy number of people to imagine um, getting. Like I think that works out to be I need to like ten or eleven thousand people to, to to buy the app in in, in a year. And, you know, that's basically like, that's whatever, like if, if everybody who's listening to this right now went and bought the app, um, which of course you totally will, I'm sure, um, that will, I would basically, you know, it's like, that would be, I, I would hit that and that would be fine. And is, if I can imagine that number being reasonable, that seemed like a good place to go. Whereas if I did like, you know, free within a purchase, say I have you know, a 10% conversion rate and the same kind of $5 in app purchase. Now, suddenly rather than needing like 10 or 11,000, uh, people, I need a hundred thousand people, um, and the marketing, but but around that, and the support for that, and all of those types of things start to get very, you know, get get out of hand very quickly. Like I kind of like the fact that the audience may be smaller, but it will hopefully be more committed, more uh, invested, and you know, care about the app in a in a more specific way. And so all that kind of came together to be like, you know, I don't know if this is the optimal way, but there are many things in my life that I do where I'm trading uh, simplicity for money. You know, it's like the same reason that I, you know, I pay someone to mow my, mow my lawn. Um, it isn't that I can't mow my lawn or that, you know, I could opt if I was optimizing strictly for having more money, like I would do that myself, but I do it because it makes my life simpler. And so paid up front seemed like the way that would make my life simpler and they get the app out there. It should support its development, I think. Um, and then, you know, lets me also can, you know, have a good balance between my other apps. Yeah. Like when, when you first told me this was going to be paid up front, I, I for for the first like day or so I thought mm, I don't think that's a good idea, but I, I wanted to like think about it some more. And when I did think about it some more, I, I realized like a lot of what you've what you've been talking about. Like I, it's important to match your pricing model to your app's market type and size. Basically, if you're going for free upfront with in-app purchase for some kind of upgrade, you're depending on getting a lot of people in the door by it being free upfront. And then, therefore, being able to convert some reasonable number of them to to paying you, but that really depends on getting a ton of people in there up front, and that works for any app that has well, not any app that works for many apps that have mass market appeal. But this is a specialized app, and as you mentioned, it's really more business targeted, you know, in, in for most of its use cases. And so, when you have a more specialized app like this, it's harder to, to justify free upfront. Because you're not going to have as many people coming in, not because people don't like free stuff, but because not everyone needs this app at all. So it's because it's a specialized app. I feel like a different model than, you know, make it up on volume basically is is probably warranted uh, because it's going to be hard to get high volumes for a specialized app, even if it's free. So the more the more I thought about it, and, and as you explained it, I think it makes a lot of sense. Like it's a combination of both. It is a specialized market, so it's going to be hard to have free upfront work out with the math long term. And also that, as you mentioned, you're not going to become 
time zones inc cal zones inc like you're gonna like this is this is a side project really for you and you're not gonna like try to expand this into being your entire business and so therefore the complexity of different models whether it's you know whether you're gonna like start selling business ads at the bottom of it and make it free or something like that or if you if you try to build a whole subscription system or have a more complicated in-app purchase setup and as you mentioned it's kind of hard to to, to get to say like where to draw that line um i think i think you're right i think it makes sense because anything more would either make you probably a lot less money or and or be even more complicated to implement and maintain over time and so what you have here is a very simple money setup basically like a very simple business model that you're probably not going to take over the world with this you're probably not going to retire on this but it will probably pay for itself it will probably justify its existence you will probably come out ahead on this and even even if you could have some you know possibly larger total return if you did something more complicated it makes sense with what you need out of this app to keep it simple. Yeah. And I think that's exactly like it's, it is the importance of understanding too. And I think just the broader point of it, there is no one method that is best. It is entirely about finding what is best for the developer, for the app and for the audience. Like it is finding whatever that good fit is. And for some people that's going to be, you know, free with ads for some situations that's going to be paid up front for some, it's going to be subscription for some, it's going to be all of the above. Um, like it's going to be finding something that works. And it's like, I, in my mind, I think it's helpful that I feel like I have a ideal user in my mind. And I think of, you know, it's to try and have pricing and a business approach that works and makes sense for them. That like, even just in the sense I'm thinking, when you think about like the person who, like if I say, I say I did it with, with a subscription base thing, like if, if you're in a business context doing using this app for work and you're going to be signing up for some kind of subscription, you know, $5 a year, now that becomes something that you, you know, you start to have to decide like, do I need to, do I need to like get approval for this and get an expense report? And like this, it becomes like a thing if it's this ongoing cost that you're going to incur versus if it's like, it's a one-time purchase. It's like, whatever, I'll just pay for it myself. I don't need to like go and get, you know, to submit an expense report and do a whole big thing. I can just say it's fine and do it. Um, and like those kinds of simplicity and those choices, I think kind of just make sense. Yeah, totally. All right. So when can people buy Calzones? So I, this is actually kind of a fun situation because we were, I realized I wanted to launch today at about uh, 10 a.m., which um, it's right around when we're, which is usually right around the time where we're wrapping up recording um, under the radar, you know, usually on a Wednesday around 10 o'clock is when we're wrapping up. And so I figured it might be kind of fun to actually launch it on the show. And so I think that is what I am about to do. So it is out in the app store and I am about to hit go. So it is out. All right. Congratulations. (laughs) That's kind of cool. Um, it's like uh, there'll be a link in the show notes, of course, to the app if you want to go. Uh, if you're listening to, listening to this and want to go check it out, that is definitely the, um, you know, that that, that would be much appreciated uh, to, if if you um, have enjoyed listening to it and if you have feedback from it, like by all means, you know, go get it, take a look at it, and that would you know, that would be that would be a wonderful thing. It's um, it is intimidating to launch something, I will say, and. It is, you know, in some ways it gets easier, in some ways it doesn't. That this is, you know, I've launched, this is probably like the 60th app I've ever launched. Um, wow. Um, but 
it, it gets easier and it gets harder because I know, I know what's coming. I know there will be cool parts and there'll be exciting things and those great feelings that are awesome. And there'll also be people who hate it and want to tell me about it loudly that they don't like it. And I know how that will make me feel. And like, that's complicated. And that we talked about this previously where like, I know all the things that are wrong with it and other people don't. So it's actually probably not as bad as I think. But I will say something that I think was oddly reassuring that I found this week as, as I was kind of preparing to launch um, was the realization that what I'm about to launch, what I just launched like a minute ago, um, that is the worst version of this app that I sh- will likely ever ship. You know, <laughs> or like obviously some kind of like, you know, I could, you never know you ship some terrible crashing bug and blah, blah, blah. But like in general, this is the worst. I'm very proud of it. I think it's great, but it'll only get better from here. And that is strangely reassuring that while I like it and I think it's good and I go buy it like it's awesome, but this is it's only going to get better. This is this is the baseline and it's just growing from here. And that is a strangely reassuring thing um, to put something out into the world, knowing that it'll get better, that it isn't this isn't the finished product. This is the start of the journey. Um, and you know, now I get to hear from customers who have actual re- use cases and actual problems that they want solved and. Um, that's a really you know like exciting thing to have that opportunity to make it better and better and you know to get hear what people you know people's reactions to it are that's awesome well big congratulations and even though you just told people how this version is the worst i gotta say it's uh it, it's one of the best 1.0s i've ever seen like it's it's really polished for a 1.0 uh, it's really quite good so Everyone should go buy Calzones. Go find it in the App Store. Um, if it isn't showing up in the search index yet, which it wasn't for me a few minutes ago, um, you can search for Cross Forward Consulting, which is David's company name, and it shows up under that. So, uh, but Or you can just f- hit the link. So go buy Calzones. What a fantastic name for a fantastic app. Uh, and uh, that's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs>